Welcome to Dragoncast, home of House of the Dragon. Gather your small council, send out your ravens and call in your bannermen. I'm Hand of the King Jamie East, here to guide you through the insane world of Westeros and beyond. Wakey wakey, hands off snakey, it's another episode of your favourite Dragoncast. I'm Jamie East. And I'm Chris Mandel. I'm good, yeah. I'm trying to check. Sometimes, whenever you introduce me, I always get a bit spooked. I always forget how to say words. So I'm trying to, like, try a few different cadences. I listen to other podcasts and I think, oh, they're very good at saying their own name. And then when I do it, it gets... Talk to me a bit more like James Acaster. I'll be a bit more... Hello, welcome to Dragoncast. I'm James Acaster. Papa jumped on bread. (laughs) That was quite a bow selector. (laughs) Sort of take there, <laughs> it was, wasn't it? but it's. You know, I love James A. Caster. He's very nice. Yeah, but yeah, it's, I think it's quite hard. Anyway, how are you? Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, fine, fine, fine. My head's. I confess, my head's been in a spin over Dragoncast the past few days. What's so been going on? Well, no, just because like at the, at the nature of you know we we're on like a, it's like start of a new term, so we're on season five now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we've missed out. Episodes one, two, three, four, five, seven six, seven. Episodes. So, so we'll, which we'll go into in a bit, and then um, I re, then I watched the OA episodes three and four, which we're going to record at a later date, like probably tomorrow, yeah, or deaf. Because, sorry again, I thought I'd bloody published. I didn't even publish last week's OA episode, so forgive me. I don't know what happens. There's just like a real perimenopausal thing going on with me at the moment i think it is that yeah i think that's what it is yeah so i will um i have it all edited and good to go it will i'll put that out um tomorrow so so which which is good but you know it's there's such crazy episodes um and the whole thrones thing like normally i can pick up pretty quickly but i must confess like we're we're going to be talking about episode uh, season five episode eight in this episode which was hard hope Mm mm-hmm um, which just felt like it had been thrown. Like the last thing we did was season four, episode ten. So we yeah. missed out on on a full seven episodes. I think it's the longest, episodes. the longest jump we've done, definitely. Yeah. And you 100%. do. I mean, I didn't really read. I remember what happens roughly, but I was jumping into some scenes, being like, "Wait a minute, yeah." What's I mean, I, I I think what we need to do before we start with it even before we start talking about hard home is just have a quick bullet point recap of things mm-hmm. what have happened uh, in season five up, up to now do you think that would make sense because yeah if, yeah. if you know so if we look at so and I, I, I like how i introed this as if i had it planned and had all my notes ready not a bullet point in sight but let's <laughs> yeah okay was the spoken word version of a bullet point <laughs> yeah so if we go from the top, so episode one was uh, the wars to come, which was where um, obviously Tywin's death has been found, and mm-hmm. um, Tyrion and Varys arrive in Pentos. Yeah, um, John gets caught between um, uh, it says between two kings here. Um, yes, that's Stannis and Mance. Stannis and Mance, that was it. He doesn't, um, doesn't know who to be loyal to. Uh, yes, you know. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, there's the Marine. Uh, th- th- we meet the Sons of the Harpy for the first time. Mm. And for those that can't remember those, they're like this weird assassin group that wear those gold masks. Yeah, they're sort of like the old old guard, the old school, like they're rejecting Daenerys's sort of turning up and deciding she's in charge. I think yeah. former yeah. masters and former slave owners. That's it. Stannis uh, tries to recruit the wildlings in his war. John doesn't, can't help Mance, doesn't bend the knee. So as Mance is burned alive, that's when John um, shoots an arrow, defying Stannis's command and putting yeah. Mance out of his misery, which is seen yeah. as a no, which was a noble thing to do. Um, Arya arrives at the House of Black and White. Yeah, um, meets Jackin, and then we kind of like begin that that kind of story, that, that whole line. thing. Yeah, that whole thing. Um, yeah. Uh, Jamie gets Bronn to travel to Dawn to to, rec- to retrieve Marcella. Uh, do we meet the Sand Snakes in this episode? We, we probably we meet them at some point. They're in episode get... two of season right, five okay. because they Jamie, they get sent a message from the Sand Snakes that has Marcella's pendant in the jewels of like a, an ornate mm. golden snake, and they think it's a threat. Yes. That's it. So That's they, it. he goes to try and get her back. Perfect. In episode three, which we missed, uh, Marjorie marries, uh, has married Tommen by now mm-hmm. um, and begins that whole manipulation of, of Cersei um, and works out how they can, you know, it's part of her. I think it, her, it was part of her plan w- using the High Sparrow's um, faith of the seven to 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 get rid of Cersei. Am I right? Remembering that right? I um, don't. I don't remember that. No, I think my recollection of what happens is Cersei allows the High Sparrow. She kind of brings him into like King's Landing, and she they have like a religious um, like a religious army called. Oh, it's a high sparrow and oh, uh, the, oh my God, the what are they order, the, um, the faith militant. Faith, the militant. faith militant. So yeah. she, Cersei thinks this is the easiest way to like, first of all, bolster her power because like she's actually not in charge since Tywin That's died. She, so she's kind of yeah. like, well, I'm the queen regent and Tommen's young. So like until he's married, I'm going to have to like amass some power. And I think yeah. also like, you know, this is sort of established throughout season five, but she wasn't, she's not really very smart. Like she's not a politician. So she makes all these yeah. bad decisions. She brings in the high sparrow who is looked quite poor and unkempt. He's got yeah. an army and this religion, and she thinks it will help Marjorie get Marjorie down. Cause like Marjorie is, um, there's theories that she's sleeping about a bit and it sort of backfires and Cersei and Marjorie get sort of implicated. That's it. They get fucked. In, yeah. yeah fucked royally up. fucked. Uh, that's right. Um, John executed Slint. Do you remember Slint? Yeah, love that. General. That's a really great scene. Yeah, just so. So good. John is John is now John is now Lord Commander. Right? Yeah, they do an election, and and Sam yeah. sort of encourages them all to like vote for John. That's right. Yeah. Uh, um, Tyrion gets abducted by Jorah, intending to give him to. Oh, my queen. So he he nicks um, Tyrion as as like a bargain, and so he can present a Lannister to um, Daenerys and try to try to curry favour. Um, 
Loris gets arrested for being homosexual. Uh, mm-hmm. Marjorie's enraged, but it all goes a bit wrong. Is it this one? Is it the Sand Snakes plot to avenge Oberyn's death by abducting Marcella? Um, oh, God. And, um, that's all a bit nothing, that episode, Sons of the Harpy. It's a bit boring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although it ends with uh, Sir Barristan Selmy getting killed, which is a deviation from the book, and one that made uh, Syrian McElhenney like, absolutely furious. Like, was it was really? Furious. He won't mind me saying that. We had him on Thronecast, uh, I think, just after that episode. And he was deeply upset. Because he 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 was a book fan, like a real big yeah, book yeah, fan. Yeah. So he'd read, he was like, yeah, Barrison Selmy, like, he's in it's it like for ages. Guy. This is fucking great. He's a man. He's the hardest Jorah's guy. gone, Barristan's like the number one, and it's like, no, exactly. he gets stabbed in the street. And then he gets stabbed in the street by a fucking Sons of the Harpy, critically wounding Grey Worm, and, you know, that's the end of it. He wasn't best pleased at all. Um... Then we have the Kill the Boy, which was the which was I think centered around. Um, I thought it was oh maybe it's not. I thought that was centered around Arya, but it's not. It's, it's Brienne and Podrick. Um, and Kill the Boy is what Mister Mister the guy at the wall, Mister Eamon, says to John because he's struggling. Oh, of with course being, it is. Kill, yes. the, kill the boy and let the man be born. It's all like that's the one. Let go of that that you're not him anymore. You are now the Lord gotcha. Commander, and you have to. You know, Gotcha. Uh, so uh, this is, I loved it actually when they were outside the wall where Brienne and Podrick kind of like just waiting, when they're waiting for a signal from someone to, to be lit or they're waiting yeah, there's for like a, a there's Yeah, there's a, a candle in the window. <laughs> the yeah. song Elton John almost wrote about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> candle in the window, amazing. And that is weird, right? Like, and then, and then the, the woman in Winterfell gets killed by Ramsay or something. Yeah, that was, it was the, it was the, the his kind of like right hand well his lover wasn't it really uh, who they were kind of like the the Myra Hindley to his Ian Brady um, kind of character wasn't it who she, did he throw her out the window I think he did didn't he Theon pushes her off the wall at the end of oh okay the, it's, it's Theon dobs in the woman who's trying to help I think Oh shit! Yeah, sorry. I'm getting. I was getting mixed up. So yes, there yeah. is. They had an insider, didn't they? Who was going to light the candle? Like a sort of was... like an like a handmaiden or something. Yeah. And yeah, but I don't know. I we've can't seen... remember what what was the plan. Like, I'm going to tell you what it's 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 safe. Like what what was that candle supposed to communicate that they could go in? Or I don't understand. I think that Sansa was waiting for them, maybe. Or oh god knows. But yeah, we're, we're still in the midst of reek. And Theon, um, we we have a good good scene actually with with Reek and Theon a bit in this episode actually. But so all of that happens. Um, Jorah gets infected with grayscale. Uh, then we go on to then it goes to like um, Jack and Hagar. In this is in episode six. Uh, we she sees the chamber full of the faces, which I love that scene. That was great, yeah, such a great yeah. set. Um, Marcella, they find the Sand Snakes attack. Uh, Oh, oh, God, it's such an awful episode, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> the Sand Snakes attack, the Dornish Guards arrest everybody, Jorah and Tyrion are captured by pirates. Is this the, is this the one where we got the, but you like the bad pussy line, the worst line in Game of Thrones? Yeah. I Even think... worse than the one that Robert Baratheon says, I bet your fanny smells of strawberries or whatever he says. <laughs> uh, Blackberry, Blackberry jam, isn't it? <laughs> 
<laughs> Come here, but you smell of blackberry jam. <laughs> I hate it. It's so bad. Yeah, I mean, the Sand Snakes kidnap Bron and Jamie. Yeah. But there's a fight. There's a fight, which is, quite, I think, quite a good fight, actually. Um, okay. And with yeah. Tristan Martel, who Martel is betrothed to, you know that young lad? He's that adorable yeah, yeah, prince. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's Florence Pugh's brother. What? Yeah. The guy what that plays her? Tristan Martel is Florence wow. Pugh's brother. He now is like a musician. He doesn't really do acting. Blimey. Sliding yeah. doors moment for him. Good for him. I know. I know. Huh. Um, Sorry, I distracted you. No, no, it's all good. Um, Littlefinger tells Cersei that Roose Bolton intends to marry Sansa to Ramsay, which will mean that Littlefinger's named Warden of the North because he gave Sansa to to uh to ramsey didn't he um mm-hmm. then there's the whole trial the inquest thing where loris denies his homosexuality but the male prostitutes oliver the oliver mm. gets a olivers get a bad rap in game of thrones in this season don't they uh contradicted the testimony well, oh, ollie, this is ollie. ollie yeah there's Good ollie who, who's, who fucking stuck then we find out does the da- dirty on john well killed eager right. and then does the dirty yeah. on John later on? Uh, Sansa weds Ramsay, and then we don't need to. Then there's the less uh, said about that, the better, I think. Yeah. Um, oh my God, we're not even. Then John leaves for hard, hard home. Samuel, Samuel gets his end away. Um, oh, I forgot about that. I yeah. forgot that he made an honest woman out of. He Gilly. did. He did. He did. Then we get um, Jorah and Tyrion kind of like get through all the slaves and whatnot. End up going towards uh, Daenerys. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's in this one we get the bad pussy. Uh, Tyrion Sand gives Bronn the antidote to a poison called the Long Farewell. Um, Prince Doran allows Jamie to take Marcella and her fiancé Tristan to King's Landing. We know how that ends. Uh, the High Sparrow denies Elena's demands that Loras and Marjorie be released and then Cersei is arrested for her affair with Lancel. Which would be, which was incestuous because they were cousins. Little yes. did they know. Uh, <laughs> okay, then hope hope that helped uh, and wasn't too confusing. That was that was seven episodes of Game of Thrones in about ten minutes. Um, it's a lot, isn't it? And I do think, like, even in this episode, there's a feeling of like, fucking hell, there's a lot going on. Like, there is a lot going on, but no, no major events of I guess apart from Mance dying. No, yeah, no huge things have happened yet. It's all positioning, isn't it? Even like something like John being elected Lord Commander of the Night's Watch is mm. significant, but it's like actually he's sort of been doing that job unpaid. We've known it's coming for a while, haven't we? Since yeah, and it also just doesn't yeah. really change. He still does all the things that he would do, you know. Um, and didn't really I'm, end up getting much more respect from the Night's Watch anyway, did he? As we, as well, exactly. We this is the problem, is if you come in as, like, the, the you know, technically the, the far-left liberal candidate, yeah, <laughs> your constituents are all anti-immigration. Yeah, you exactly. can't enact the policies you want without literally someone knifing you in good, the back. That's, um, a good, that's a good analogy of the wild. I think the wildling stuff is, I find it very interesting as it relates to mass immigration. Like yeah. the wall, yeah, yeah, some people were just born on the right side of the wall and I'm yeah. not going to get too political about it. Oh, but here we go. A little bit of politics. All right, Starmer. Hold your horses. And I'll, yeah, uh, I'm free for question time. If no, <laughs> but it is interesting because you just, especially this episode, you're, you know, 
the wildlings and the the night's watch have been in opposition and then you have this third element which is all the undead zombies and you go oh yeah we actually have way more in common and it benefits us to band together because those are the real enemies yeah Um, in our society we just don't have an equivalent of the night king (laughs) to rally against it's just like yeah i suppose we don't do it we have lots of um, metaphorical night kings yeah not there's a lot of yeah the first half of the episode is just like let's check in with all the characters well let's get a scene with sansa let's get a scene with yeah well to refresh people's memory we're about to dig into season five episode eight of game of thrones the uh the awesome hard home uh well chosen by uh by you the listener uh here is a little quick recap from our sister podcast previously on which will get you right up to speed and everything you need Tyrion and jorah stand before daenerys and plead their case as to why they should be allowed to live Tyrion passionately explains that he has turned his back on his family for good and wishes to serve her. He puts forward a compelling case for becoming an advisor due to his previous experience in politics. Daenerys accepts but ponders what to do with Jorah after vowing to kill him if he ever returned to her presence. Remember, he betrayed her by originally being a spy for Robert Baratheon. Daenerys spares his life but exiles him from the city as punishment. Punishments are dished out elsewhere too, as Cersei is visited by Septa Unella, an evil cow who taunts Cersei with water in return for the confession of her sins. Cersei asks to see Tommen instead, but is struck by Septa Unella. Confess! She does not. Arya is honing her acting skills with Jacken in Bravos. She describes her new persona of Lana, an oyster seller, and describes her typical day-to-day activities and what route she takes while selling, showing how invested she's becoming in her role as a faceless girl. Jacqueline informs her that she will take a different route the next day and poison her life insurance salesman to appease the many-faced god. In Winterfell, Theon enters Sansa's chambers and explains why he double-crossed her by telling Ramsay of her escape plan. Sansa asks why he killed her brothers, and he confesses he never actually did it, killing two farm boys instead. Hearing that her brothers might still be alive gives Sansa hope once more. In the Great Hall, Roose is preparing for war against Stannis, going through his battle plan with his advisers. Roose wants to hold back and let the wintry conditions take care of Stannis' army for him, whereas Ramsay insists they attack first. Back at the edges of Marine, Jorah returns to Yezanzo Kagaz and asks he be allowed to fight in front of Daenerys in the fighting pits in order to prove his loyalty to her. Sam is being treated for his wounds after saving Gilly from the brothers' attack at the wall when Ollie walks in and asks to privately speak with him. Ollie asks how John could possibly allow the wildlings through the wall when they've killed so many, including his family. Sam explains that John made a really difficult decision, but ultimately the wildlings will be invaluable in the coming war. At Hardhome, John, Tormund and a group of the Night's Watch brothers have come to talk to the Lord of Bones, the leader of the wildlings, to persuade them to return with them to fight. Tormund shows his leadership skills often kills this Lord of Bones and marches through the baying crowd, demanding the wildling elders gather for talks. John explains to them how Dragonglass can kill a White Walker, telling them of Sam's success. Reasoning that the fight is not hopeless against the Night King and his army, John asks for numbers to help defend the wall in return for allowing the wildlings to farm south of the wall. However, John is then asked what happened to Mance Raider, and he has to confess to killing him. This angers the elders, but Tormund assures them that it was out of mercy, not malice. After further talks, the wildlings agree. 
As everyone is loading the ships ready to leave, ice begins to roll down the cliffs and mysterious figures appear on the top. The group are attacked by a vast army of whites. A huge battle ensues with John nearly succumbing to a white walker after losing the dragonglass in the heat of the battle. The white walker gets momentarily stunned at being unable to break John's Valyrian steel sword. John quickly realises the Valyrian steel is special and scythes into the White Walker, shattering him into a million pieces. John, Tormund and the giant, one one, are among those who narrowly escape the still growing swarm of whites as they clamber onto boats. As they retreat, John sees the Night King emerge and walk to the edge of the pier in utter silence. Never breaking his gaze from John, the Night King strikes a pose and raises the dead on the battlefield as reanimated whites. John's dead comrades are now his undead foes. The army of the dead marches on, and John finally has his proof. Okay, welcome back. Thank you very much, uh, me, uh, for that that recap. Uh, if you want to listen to more of those, go to Previously On. Uh, search for it wherever you get your podcast. There's loads there. Where should we begin? Uh, like you said uh, before, we went to Previously On. A lot of setting up the first half of the episode. I think, like the actual, again, they've. The pa- we're starting to see the pattern emerge because we're doing so, so condensed kind of like flagship episodes so much. Yeah. There is a pattern of like they set aside maybe 13 minutes uh, per ep for this event. And it actually, it, and it really does give this kind of Mandela effect of, of how you remember these huge episodes like Balon and uh, yeah. and Hard Home and Battle of the Bastards and Red Wedding Whereas actually we, we seem to have the, oh my God, it was just such an amazing episode. It had this and it had that. And it's, they're very clever at like leaving the last thing you remember as being the main event. Um, yes. Yeah. The first thing I wrote was what the fuck is happening? Because I watched this. And I was just like, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know why. You get like dropped why, in who, to like all this what, drama. You're yeah. like, I, I don't remember the context. Why? Yeah. But I know. But we, we begin with. Tyrion meeting Danny for the first time. Uh, yeah, um, absolutely. So glad we jumped into this because Tyrion just spends the last seven episodes getting here mainly. And mm. this all this stuff, he has two big scenes with Danny this episode, and they're fucking great, aren't they? Yeah, he's he this is you know, Peter Dinklage really, really comes into his own when he's away from the rest of the Lannisters. Yeah. And and he, he kind of really settles into this brilliant kind of politically political um, advisor role which it just suits him down to the ground and you know he i think you know i watched this scene i was just like he knows exactly what daenerys is going to end up being like he can see there's the glimmer of tyranny in, mm-hmm. in daenerys's words in even now in this speech though we got the whole breaking of the wheel kind of thing going on didn't we and yeah you could just see that it's a bit like that. That's then whenever people are like, Oh, we just didn't see Daenerys ending up how she ended up. It's like, it was all there. You know, this was- it is, it is all there. Yeah, it is all there. And I, you can see it in, in the way that she conquers Marine. You can see the way that she, you know, is sort of trying to rule with adoration. And it's like, well, you haven't actually tried to convince the, you know, the people that can actually get you there. Yeah. And Tyrion really deals. I think, you know, she is surrounded mostly by people that either fancy her or that uh, kind of work for her mm. uh, in most of her story, and especially Same. now. Yeah. <laughs> Must be nice. And Tyrion does kind of say to her, like, okay, so who who's on your side? No one. Yeah. The Lannisters yeah. never are. The Tyrells probably might, but that's not enough. Yeah. I thought what was interesting, you know, 
he didn't talk about the uh, all the other houses and i do think like actually she does convince the Greyjoys to back her mm-hmm. and she does convince the martels and they were sort of left out of that speech and i thought mm, that's probably just because the the quote the sound bite is very effective uh with your her speech about the wheel but he he points out that this is a very very complicated task and she's not given a great deal of thought into how she's going to do it yeah because um, she 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 in her mind it's brute force it's dragons it's it's like what do i yeah. i don't need to speak to anyone i've got dragons and i've got the unsullied fuck everything and yeah. he's like well that's not quite how it works because you've still got to that might get you the throne but it won't keep you on the throne you know that's 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 where yeah, it's coming from. all you're going to do is is have all these orphans you're going to orphan a load of people you're going to make a load of widows and they're going to grow to resent you and they're all going to want revenge and yeah. it's it's like you if you, you also i thought yeah i remember at the time the, the break the wheel speech i was like holy fuck this is amazing and i would say by the end of the show she doesn't necessarily do it but she the, the wheel is kind of broken by the end they have this yeah. weird council they have Elections. It's reset, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's reset. Actually, I think I think I wrote this at the time because I was reviewing the final season for the Eye paper. Daenerys, John killing Daenerys kind of breaks the wheel because it stops the idea that one family has an in, an inordinate right to do this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I did think okay, breaking the wheel sounds great, but again, like, <laughs> how do you think the people in the wheel are going to feel about that? That you need them. Yeah. You know. But it's great. I love the combination of these characters. It's mm. all written for the show. None of this is in the books yet. Oh. I just think it's really well realised. And even that throne room that she has in the pyramid in Marine is mm. so it's such a great set. Yeah, yeah, They've yeah. used it really cleverly with shooting from different angles. We open with Tyrion sort of shot from under the chin, which makes him look really superior. And yeah. he is. He knows a shit ton. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I loved all that. And I love the way that even Daenerys actually, like, she's smart. She's like, what do you think I should do with this guy? Because I don't know what to do with Jorah. Like, tell me what to do with him and I'll think about it. And she kind of gets him banished, right? She kicks him out again. Yeah, well, I mean, it was Tyrion, Tyrion's suggestion that he just gets banished rather than getting killed, it was, which was interesting that he didn't just decide just to fuck him off. Because um, yeah. Jorah had... So Jorah... So it was Bronn... No, it was Varys that took him over. What happened to Varys at this point? I can't remember how Jorah got Tyrion away from Varys. Were they in a brothel or something? Or no? Tyrion, I think Tyrion ran away. Right, I okay, think. got you. And Jorah kidnapped him in a brothel. That was it. Okay, fine. And Varys obviously ends up there at some point. Um, I think Varys is still in Pentos at the moment with uh, Illyrio, who's the guy that... that brokered the wedding with Daenerys and Khal Drogo. Right, okay. Christ. I think he was in one of the episodes this season that yeah. we will have missed. But okay. it's funny because Jorah, Jorah, the last episode we saw, Jorah gets booted out and yeah. then it's like, he, he just comes, it's like a bad smell. He just comes straight back and, we see, and he we, goes again. She gets rid of him again and then he comes back after getting his grayscale cured. It's sort that's of... That's right, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's like... And there's no... That was one of the questions I had was when he we see him a bit later on um worming his way into the muscling his way into the kind of dragon pit fight uh mm. because then that would that's just because he fancies Daenerys isn't it? there's no political allegiance there or there's no real reason for him no, to be there no. he doesn't know of any impending threat does he he just wants to be no, no, near no, no, his no. bay doesn't he it's the only way he can stay in the city is to fight yeah 
Right. And I think also if, you know, if you, there's nothing outside the walls of Marine, so he would probably just die. So he's kind of like, the only thing I've got is to go in the gladiator style pits. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, I just find, I find all of that really boring. I find Jorah as the sort of piney kind of. It's not his best look, is it? I mean, it's easy for me to say this because, you know, we can all think we know better. But, you know, send that guy as your envoy over to Westeros, get him to drum up support. I mean, he's yeah. literally from a house in the north, yeah. like the, the Mormons. Like, you know, decent. But obviously he's been exiled from there, so they probably don't want to see him. But, yeah, he's a bit of a sad sack at this point, isn't he? He's kind of he's, mopey. He's a pretty sad sack at most points, really, isn't he? Yeah, it's true. It's true. But I just loved him in the start of Game of Thrones. He was like a really good figure. Like he knew loads about Westeros and he was telling her things. True. And that's good. He's just constantly like, oh, oh, have you got my last text? Did you like me? Maybe he's, maybe he was, he was kind of written this way because when it all starts going a bit wrong for Daenerys, we, the viewer, then start pining for Jorah because we know that he's always like he's he's always got yeah, her back yeah you know that yeah that we and also i think well we're in our season five as it gets a bit further on when he gets cured from grayscale and all of that stuff we know the end is on its way and we're all mm. starting to turn our heads towards a big finale and we're wondering how jor is going to die or if he's going to die or is he going to die saving daenerys which he obviously ends up yeah. doing and but he had a, he had yeah. one of the best death scenes in game of thrones i think it's good, yeah, yeah. yeah he's good, yeah. good, good work. But yes, yeah, that, that all of that, all of that is really interesting. Yeah. I think the 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 thing that Daenerys hasn't really considered is, yeah, how are you going to do it? And also, you realise watching the show, you're like, God, we've got a, a lot of ground to cover. We jump straight from there to uh, quick check in with Cersei, who's. Um, I, I love how they kind of like remind you that her hair's nice and long because they obviously know that they're going to yeah. chop it all off so every scene her hair's kind of dangling in front of her face get the most of those wigs while you can because yeah. they're not going to be around much longer and uh we meet um queen septa una uh hannah waddingham yeah. uh friend of the show unrecognizable i know unrecognizable. is there is there a bigger leap in like concurrent like quality quality television programs to go from Scepter Una to uh to Ted Lasso it's like can't cannot it's get. wild she has had the glow up of all glow ups so you know I inter- I think I said this last week I interviewed her last year yeah um and she was telling me that that even that with Ted Lasso now when people come up to her they're like can you say can you say shame to me yeah. can you like and I was like, how do people recognise you as the, you know, because even when, when she'd done that, when she was flying out to do more of Thrones, she said that somebody on the plane, she was like feeding her, her like baby. Yeah. And someone on a long flight was like, are you the shame nun? And she was like, how I, it's, it, we're in pitch black nice. plane cabin. Oh, she's great. And she, just, she was such a yeah. good sport. I, I ended up... There was like a... We did a Game of Thrones marathon viewing at the Prince Charles Cinema in, in Leicester Square before season seven maybe before the launch of season seven Mm. or maybe before the launch of season eight and like played every episode concurrently for like three days or something like that and there were about 20 people watched every episode non-stop um and she she came and um she came and rang rang a shame bell for us we invited her down to uh to to kick start it all off and she walked she walked down the the cinema aisle ringing a bell it's amazing she's so good 
such good fun. Incredible. Uh, the waterboarding scene that happens to her um, later in this season, mm. that was very controversial at the time, wasn't it? Because yeah. they actually kind of waterboarded her a bit. Yeah. Was that, and that's not was the one, really, that's not where you see the mountain walking, is it? Or it may, maybe. I, I must be, yeah. Is yeah. it right at the end of the season? Mm. But they, 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 and it's Hannah, like, spoke as she was willing to do it. She said, you know, it, that's what we needed to do to get the shot. But people reacted to it with a lot of shock. Like, yeah. hang on, you shouldn't have to do that. This is, we've got, you know, that, that dragon is not real. It's a tennis ball. You know, yeah, people you aren't actually disemboweling themselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought that was, it's really interesting. That already has dated that, just the way that they, they would not get that now on House of the Dragon. No, um, true. But she's great. And that Cersei stuff, I mean, it's 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 such a change from where we see Cersei. Mm. And, um, but you can even see, like, even now, she's still, like, angry. She's got that fire. Like, she's going to fuck shit up when she gets out. Yeah, there's never a moment there where you, where you think, I mean, she she cries when she's, like, sipping, trying to lick the water off the floor a bit later on. So, but it, there's never a moment where she doesn't think she's going to get out and fucking no. destroy all of these people. She's writing around. Kyburn, Kyburn visits her to say that Uncle Kevin, uh, which is Tywin's brother, is coming back from Casterly Rock to be for Tommen. And just that further sense that her power's just been taken away, that it was only temporary as a woman, that like she was never actually, and it, yeah. everything was just in on borrowed time. Um, and... Yeah, that Tommen is, like, not in a good place now that the two only people in his life, both overbearing women, have been taken away from him yeah. and he's not coping. Tommen, was, he, was, he was a good... Dean Dean played Tommen well, I think, you know. I think so. Really, really well. Because there's not much to him. He's a bit of a div, isn't he? Um, and just completely, yeah. completely out of his depth and never really given a chance. But, you know, I think Dean, Dean played him really well. Um he was he's really good and I, I just I was blown away in season six when he just walks out just great walks out of a window. Great I mean, death scene, wasn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Great And I think scene. it's so clever because he's such the opposite of Joffrey. Yeah. Like he's actually really malleable and really easy to control. And that meant that like Cersei'd lost control of him because someone else is sort of like yeah. closer to him, like his wife. And then she tries to take out Marjorie, not realising that he is so tethered to his wife that you kill her, you kill him. Yeah. And that's just the greatest sort of tragedy yeah. that Cersei doesn't anticipate. That was amazing. His loss of function without without um, his wife. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing some of him because he is interesting in this. Then we jump over to Bravos um, and start getting into Arya's story. What do you what do yes. you feel about this part of Arya's journey? I it's one of the one of the few things that I wish I was watching the whole story of actually because I sort of forgot a bit about it. I mean, I really hate the woman who is like the Terminator assassin. <laughs> yeah, that is her like enemy because I'm just like, why? Anyway, it doesn't need to. Doesn't need what to do I think there. about it? Yeah, apart from apart from no. showdown. I, th yeah. I think I think the the faceless men for me, the show doesn't really know how much to tell us about it all and. I just feel like we wait all this time for her to get there and it's the actual job is actually quite boring. And yeah. so it's quite difficult because it's like, oh, you have to just observe people gambling on the docks and the loan sharks. And she is kind of like a, a low level soprano associate yeah. in this, in this, it's like the, the hired mob, yeah. you know, she's kind of like, it, 
it, I like it, but it's 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 funny, isn't it? It's not the most interesting. Well, and it's also I, I get I get confused with the semantics of it all and the actual mechanics of of what they're doing because I, I yes. get like you know that they can they become this person that's malleable that they're actually not and you know it's just a way that they kind of carry themselves but then we literally see the house of black and white full of different faces and it's like are they real are they mad are they imaginary yeah. are they just in in the imagination how how does it work do, do yeah. they physically take a head you know like, are they wurzel gummage how and it's that's yeah. the bit for me i get bogged down in that kind of shit and probably too much but you know it gets confusing because in some scenes, I'm, I think a bit later on, especially when she goes after Marin Trant, we see a different person, like actual different yes. person. Yeah. Yet in this scene where she's observing the oyster, the, the fish, the guy in the harbour with the oysters, yeah, it's yeah. just her with her hair tied back. It's just a bit of a weird inconsistency, I think, in terms of, like you say, yeah. confused about what, what it is they actually do. You know, and I think are like, they magic no... or are they just kind of like good persuaders? I don't. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Weird. I think, and I think from my understanding, it's it's it is a combination of the two. Right. Um, I can't remember much about it, but I think the problem as well with what we see them do in the show, which is physically putting someone's face yeah. on. There's not really a way of making that not look shit, and I think like. When Arya, like, if, if you're not in like the Mission Impossible franchise, come on. Yes, but that's different. This, you know, that's sort of hyper realistic and yeah, like yeah, hyper. Yeah. It's just silly, isn't yeah. it? But I think like this show, you know, the, the way that they've done it, or whether the way that they go on to do it, because I think at this point Arya's not worn a disguise because right. when she takes one, is that not when they take her eyes away from her? Oh yes, she might. later right. in the so season. This is just like, this is, so I think right. she uses a face that she's not supposed to. But yeah, oh, I, I it's, think it's initially, woman, isn't it because she's she's asked to kill the woman who's doing that panto, or she's that's it. Yeah, that is season six. Right, she's asked to kill someone doing the play with him. Yeah, she chooses yeah, not that's to. Right, yeah. yeah, and she adopts the name Mercy, which is again like symbolism overload. Right, like she can't lose herself in this faceless guild. Her idea entities to to she doesn't want to lose needles she doesn't want to give away like all right. these things. Yeah, yeah. i think the stuff in brothels is really interesting i just think she spent a long time getting there and then it is over before it's done but yeah the the sort of um i love the idea i mean Maisie williams is actually really good at just becoming other people and she does become this sort of cockney welk slinger quite well yeah. and every season she's sort of pretending to be someone else and i find that really fascinating to have watched in our rewatches yeah. um but i just would love to know more i mean you sometimes in these scenes you're like sorry is there only three of you that work here and one of you came here by happen chance they're like thank fuck you turned up randomly we have no staff <laughs> we've got all these jobs lined but up I, all these like chef's tickets hanging off the thing yeah these orders and we've, yeah but the other thing about it that's kind of a bit hard to get your head around is that it is sort of seen as this mystic guild but they are like paid assassins Hold your horses uh, just for a second there, young Mandel. Uh, we're going to get a quick word from our sponsors. Back in a tick. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I think religion is sort of a big, quite a big part in the show. We've obviously got the faith of the seven, the old gods, but then we've also got the red god, the faceless men follow the god of death. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot of interesting belief systems, and I think I like having that in the show. I like the idea that everyone is just kind of has blind faith in these systems, even though, as we've shown, like Melisandre can do all the magic she wants, but she like can't make things happen if they don't happen. Yeah, you know? yeah. She still kind of goes, um, oh well, God moves in mysterious she, ways. You know, it's like yeah, she's like Stannis is the one true king, and. And she's like, maybe the flames lied. It's like you're being gaslit by flames. God's just making it up. She's like, oh, maybe. But the thing is, also, I suppose in Westeros, a lot of the men do sort of look the same, don't they? So if she's like, oh, I see like a haggard man with lots of facial hair and an old fur cloak. with you're a like, beard. It's... Yeah, Melisandre, that could be yeah, anyone. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Uh, oh my goodness me. Um, there's the great scene with Sansa and Theon, um, which I thought was really good. Yeah. Uh, so Sansa's obviously not in a great place. Um, uh, neither's Theon, it has to be said. Um, uh, and it's, it's, it's the scene where we get the big reveal that uh, that Theon reveals to Sansa that Bran and Rickon aren't dead, as far as he knows. You know, because he, he mm. up until this point, Sansa. Uh, I had been told that Bran and Rickon were burnt at Winterfell and that it was Theon that did that. But as we as we always knew as viewers, that wasn't the case. He, he'd done it to two, two mm-hmm. farm boys. Um, I I really like... I think I think um, Alfie Allen did a really good job as Theon um, and, and Reek. I yeah. think he, and, and he, you know, by the end, he was a hero. He was one of, one of my favourites, Theon was, uh, in, towards the end. And... There's a really good bit in this where you can see his resolve is wavering. You can well, you can see it in the lines he said, but he's, he gets mixed up in terms of how he's talking about himself in the third person. Yeah, he does. To, yeah, to, yeah. He, he talks Theon in the third person because he's reek. But then he gets towards the end of it. I think it actually switches. Uh, and it's like a subtle shift in his in his psyche. I think was mm. really was really quite cleverly done there. Um, but I just I just love I love yeah. I love the his his kind of his comeback. And I think like there's a sense I, I got the impression obviously we are coming into this a little bit blind because we've not seen Sansa all season we've not watched any of it but this seems to be the point where she sees a bit of hope. Because her siblings are alive somewhere, yeah. there's like a okay. So someone else has actually got a better claim to the north than Ramsay. We have to. I have to sort of stay strong. I have to stay alive and try and see this through. And I think it is the odds are just impossible at this point because Ramsay and Roos are sort of ruling. Yeah. Um, steam, and it does feel like through, hope is lost through Westeros, aren't they? Then. Yeah, and it's and she's got no. You know, I think actually the, the thing with the woman in the window, Theon was like. I, I can get I can get you help. But no, the woman is like the North remembers. Do you remember? She was like, I can, I'll get you mm. out. I've got someone on the outside. And then Theon dobs the woman that's in. It. So that's why Sansa's like, how the fuck? You got my hopes up and you dashed yeah. them. But 
she kind of breaks he breaks him a little bit he breaks the reading. thing um just whilst so sansa and aria are kind of like on the travels and stuff like that do they just assume i think that i think they do they just they, they know that john's gone to be a member of the night's watch so in their mind they've just written him off because he's now given up all, all yeah. kind of association with them blah 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 so they know he's still alive yeah. they're just kind of like well there's no point in even trying yeah, to... and he's a bastard and, he's a bastard. and yeah. so the the only person that can legitimize a bastard is like a Would king or yeah. like a warden yeah and no one is going to do that. The only people that can do that were the ones that would stand to lose out from him doing yeah. that. But also he can't even leave the wall. You know, in, in right. theory, yeah, yeah. you get your head chopped off yeah. and you leave. So they've sort of written him off. And I think there's probably part of them that is like, well, he's not really a star. Yeah. So, Brutal. yeah. They soon change, soon um, change their ways. Oh, um, mate, they soon change their tune when they when it suits uh, them. Oh, yeah, we were always big fans yeah. of you. Remember, remember you, that Christmas? Remember I was the only one that got you that Christmas present? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why was Sam bruised? Did he get kicked in the, the the episode before? I was I was a bit confused. Did he defend Gilly from? Some, oh, so he defended some, her, and then they. Oh watch. yes, and then they had sex. And then because they had he sex. was he was like all out. She was like, "Oh, you're all right," and he was like, "No, please." Yeah. it's a it's just a cut. Carry on shagging me. Don't stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, Don't stop. Um, I we've talked about this before, but fucking hell, like I find them so boring. Who's that? <laughs> And the Sam and Gilly stuff, it's just like, oh, God, did we need that well, scene? I think... I mean, I know that Ollie has to be seen to be an, an animosity towards the wildlings, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that that was there purely like, for, for Ollie to, to have his monologue about why he's going to end up... Why, why he was building up his resentment for, for John. But I just think, in general, yeah. Sam and Gilly, they're a bit of light relief. They're a bit of kind of like a reminder that, you know, in war... There were still women that put gravy browning on, you know, drew lines on the back of their legs to to have a shag with an American soldier. You know, there were the there's yeah. life and love kind of still go on even in the trenches. I think that's that's what I took yeah. from that story is that even in the yeah you've yeah, got to, yeah and because neither of them had anything, they discovered each other and it gave them both something to to live for. And it gave and I think with Samuel, it it he knew how useless he was. He knew that he was kind of like just banished from his family, just the tal is just through shame of his size or his ineptitude at kind of battle or whatever. And Gilly mm-hmm. gave him hope and made him kind of like feel like a bit of a man and kind of like, and, and encouraged, you know, the whole kind of like, you mean you read all these from words in paper? You know, it's kind of like, oh, that's my, <laughs> that's my strength, you know. And then that's why he get, then I think it spurs him on to go and try and be a maester. You know, with his relationship with Eamon. And yeah, stuff. yeah. And she's also, like, she's she's seen some shit. Mm. Like, you know, all the noble ladies that he'd have been paired with, they'd just, like, sew and, like, eat yeah. cakes and sort of pick flowers. And he's got this, like, sort of savage woman from north of who's the named, wall who's, who's literally named her, seen, like... her incestuous son after him? What more of a of a honour can someone bestow? Well, I... Th- my theory was that she actually doesn't know any of the boy names because she knows Craster, who's her dad, <laughs> uncle, brother... And then every other child that is a boy is fed to the White Walkers. So she goes, I don't know any other names. We've <laughs> so never it's just, it's just a limited yeah, imagination. Oh, amazing. Yeah. But no, I, 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 you know, it's nice to have them to root for. I just, 
a lot of co- I, what I'd like is for them to go to a vastly different location so that they don't have to just film in these cold oh, windowless cold rooms trenches and hide in kitchens all the time yeah yeah Maybe they could both go to um, Dawn yeah, or something. Yeah, sunshine. You know, get the Factor yeah. 30 on. There was yeah. a good... The... What's that big glowing thing in the sky? It's making me skin hurt. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd best get my bikini wax on. It's... Um, there was a good... There was a good line at the end of that scene with Ollie and Sam, though, uh, which was a bit of foreshadowing, where Sam just, Sam just laughed yeah. and he said, John always comes back. Um, which was... Which, in more ways than one. <laughs> and then we head into Hard Home. So actually, it was more. It was longer than thirteen Oof. minutes. It was. It was. It was nearer kind of. It's like twenty nearer, minutes, yeah, wasn't it? Like half minutes, the episode. If you include all of the um, all of the preamble. I love the color grading of this whole section. Oh, it yeah. looked, you know, yeah. it was just to, again, you know, shout out Miguel uh, Sapochnik directed this. And like when I interviewed him for House of the Dragon, he was kind of very keen to kind of reiterate that it didn't just kind of like direct battle episodes. Oh, I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I get it. But you were so, why, why not, why not play down the fact that you're a fucking master at these incredible set pieces? And, I'd forgotten mm. actually how scary this this is, and it's like it plays out yeah. like a horror movie, um, yeah. rather than a battle. Yeah, there's a there's a big battle be going on, and all the usual kind of Game of Thrones tropes are there that make it so great. But the best bits are the the you know the the, the creepy. It's just creepy. The silhouettes of the horses on top mm. of the cliff. The um, the White Walker walking through the flames, you know, just, just, yeah, just yeah. loved it. It's a little bit, you know, Steven Spielberg. It's like when you're waiting for the T Rex to arrive in Jurassic Park. It's the, it's the ripples yeah. on the glass of water. Yeah, I thought the pacing of it was really interesting because I remember this battle. I remember it being gigantic, yeah. but actually they dial the pressure, and it's like that thing of the frog being boiled yeah. alive. It starts off and it's just on the docks, and there's all this kind of fighting. And then there's the people come into the gates, they block the gates, then the gates are breached. Then, and, and then by the end, all of the dead are resurrected and you're like, God, we've just created like, what, like yeah. 8,000 more undead. soldiers, yeah, yeah. at least. I don't know how many people well, are they said they got. It must be loads, they said they right? got. There was a moment where they said they'd got 5,000 off the island. They, oh, 5,000 onto, mm. the, onto the boats. And uh, John... Yeah, because it's like a... John just said, yeah, that's, just, cool. that's not enough. You know, and, they, and so I think the impression yeah. was there were like maybe yeah. 20,000 people there or something like that. There were a lot. So we, we talked about Hard Home a little bit last week. We were wondering how Stannis got to the mm. forest. And I said he must have come via Hard Home. That is actually okay. incorrect because Hard Home is further north and it's like a peninsula, like a little apostrophe shape. And it is like a fishing village. And so actually the, the um, wildlings would actually trade with ship like people that were coming from you know all right, around okay so that's how they get their and goods okay so yeah that's how they get their goods and they do they do a good trade and, and that sort of thing and they'll get pelts and they'll get you know basic tools and things like that um but yeah so they they sort of row a boat around the wall and go to to hard home that way and then they'll row row back okay right yeah yeah, um, yeah. 
Or they'll row to a big ship and then the ship will go, yeah. you know. Um, and Eastwatch, where they would have probably come to and from, is the castle on the furthest east. Yeah. And that's where Janos Slint was going to get sent to go. That's right. And John was going to task loads of people with looking after and repairing some of the old castles. And he was like, I'm not going to go and do that. So he chopped his head off. Um, and I just loved I thought the way it escalated was really yeah. slow and steady. And even the um, Carsey, who is the lady, um, Wilding, Remind, so when when this episode first came out, I was like, oh my God, it's da-da-da-da-da. Because she'd just been in um like a really kind of wasn't it borgen is it, is it, borgen? it borgen yes it is borgen isn't it i thought that was the one she was in and then yeah bridget bridget Sorensen. yeah she played katrine yes with pilau with pilau aspect who that was his, that was his yeah play. who will then see in season six um and then of course uh she went on to star in pitch perfect three <laughs> That's one of those things where you you book Game of Thrones and suddenly it's like, I can get you a part in Pitch Perfect 3 as the Scandinavian show choir leader. Oh, That's what oh, she did. Okay, I thought maybe it was Game of Thrones. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? So I thought this was really interesting because, you know, they, I don't know if Thrones does this so much or this is probably the most effective version of it where they introduce a character, the character goes through like quite a, a significant transformation and then we, we're never going to see her again. She gets killed, right? She starts off hostile yeah. to John and the yeah. Wildlings, like and and Tormund. She comes around. She goes, "I'm going to do this for the for Tormund. You're a, a, you're a Wildling as well." She comes around to John's side of the the situation, and then she dies. And it's really yeah, yeah. good. That yeah. really good well, through line. They, it's a good they character. They have to have these characters in these moments because the reality of in because yeah. what it does is it condenses a process very very quickly. That, that that in rea- that in real terms would have been like well we've got to put this to vote we need to go and ask the twenty thousand people if we're going to kind of like go with Tormund yeah. you know or we're going to do this this actually goes oh well yeah. she, she's the she, she's displaying the the kind of um, the apprehension of all of these people and the arguments taking place here and she's changed her mind therefore it's, it, it, we, from a viewer's point of view you go okay it's all fine they're, they're, they're with her now and it's never it's yeah, never spoken yeah, yeah, exactly. you know there are millions of other people that just go oh are we oh oh we agree fine okay I wasn't aware. Like, <laughs> yeah exactly so that's that and they have these quite a lot in these kind of episodes where they need to have they need to be able to just like turn the plot yes. very, very quickly without it. Without Start it the conflict, forever. end the conflict, move yeah. forward. But I remember, I remember everyone assuming that. Do you remember there was that that bit where we were like, "Oh my god, they're all going to appear at the end as the undead." Yeah. Um, like we're going to see all of these people again. Are we going to see blah 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 blah? Yeah, yeah, see blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It's like we're, we're all quite looking forward to. It. We didn't. We didn't in the end. That would have been so, pretty cool, yeah. actually. All the people. Yeah, a bit of a nice callback. Um, there's yeah. also a great bit in this hard home sequence that I love, which is when the giant bursts out of the hut. Because, yeah. again, it's, it's very Spielberg-y. It, the scale of now, it Now, this is, is Yun Yun. Yes. This is Yun Yeah, Yun, we were asking right? about yeah. We couldn't tell our giants apart yeah. last week. Um, he, he, we know he's in the hut because we see this shot of him looking up, and then he kind of just... Yeah, the, the whole hut just sort of falls apart yeah. around him. It's really yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, my only question was, how was the giant going to get away? Because surely he would sink the boat if he got on the, the boat. I, yeah, it's never really explained, is it? Uh, maybe just... He starts wading through the water and it's like, mate, I hope you can swim. Uh, I th- maybe he just hangs on the back and just maybe like paddles. He uses it as like a float, you know, like we do. Yeah. 
like world's strongest man just got the, the rope in his teeth and he's just sort of like going away at the front yeah. Uh, that was great the way he has that big flaming log swinging it yeah. around like whacking all the the um I love the giants they did white. giants really really well just so. um mainly because they weren't CGI they were just just actual blokes in in prosthetics right right um, yeah in fact, you know, I'll put it up on the, maybe in the show notes, I'll put up the, the, the there's a great photo of me holding, me with Yun Yun's hand on. It's great. So good. Wow. It was massive. Like, because yeah. I think the guy that played him was like seven foot six or something. Do they get those like basketball player looking guys? That are yeah, like yeah, seven yeah. Foot eight? Like huge kind of guy to play him. But even then, the hand, I think I put it on and the hand was just like, but you could move, but it was so nimble it was yeah. so light I, I, I could give my i think there's one of me giving myself the finger with it it was brilliant not literally but it was no i was gonna say that would really hurt <laughs> there was a moment and actually maybe this is from the books um there was a quote where someone said, well, they were talking about the White Walkers and the threat from from beyond the wall, and someone said, oh, they've got ice spiders as big as horses. Yeah, that's a big thing. Now, are they, are they monsters from the book? They are, aren't they? They're Do you like, see them at all? I, I don't think they go in the show. I don't think we see them. But, yeah, in the book, it's, it's told that they ride these giant ice spiders. Right, okay. huge, like... And, and, you know, they have, like, mammoths and all kinds of just... Yeah. And there's just a sense, I think they are in control of there's just so much more to them that we just don't really get a mm. sense of but yeah i think they probably thought it would look a little bit harry potter yeah yeah that's true because, you know yeah there was all um, that wasn't there yes and true. and again it's it's a line in the book and i think when the show gets to it they're like so do they do they have webs is the web are the webs frozen why would that benefit is it going to yeah, get yeah, a bit yeah. peter parker like so it just gets easier to just not really deal with it but yeah this is all this all happens in the books off page in that no one john is not there he just hears that like he tries to rescue loads of people that are trapped there right. and it just he sends people to go and, and and take care of them and it goes really badly okay. and also oh, there is some a, people come there back. isn't that moment between the night king and 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 no john. no they don't not really a night king in the same way no. it's all very opaque very sort of hard to know what's going on beyond the wall because we just haven't really been there so whenever they do scenes like the the night king getting that baby and turning it into a a, a white walker like that's all for the show yeah and it's sort of like oh okay like how much do you know about what's george told you what does this mean you know where is this yeah um, but also th- but you need to have him go you need to have him you need a baddie there needs to be a, sing- a yeah. singular baddie you know and I even think that like the show does get to the White Walker stuff now. It's sort of, but it still takes so long. It's two more seasons before Daenerys sort of gets on board with it, and you're like, yeah. I get it. You've got a lot to adapt. You've not got the tools to sort of do this really seamlessly. But like, it does feel like even now when we're getting a lot of information, we're still like, so can they speak? What's the deal? What do they want? Yeah. Why can they walk through fire? Like, it's quite yeah. confusing, isn't it? It it is, and we never really not in the show anyway ever really found out it'd be interesting you know obviously this is coming towards the end of the source material anyway um yeah it'd be interesting to know if we ever eventually find out whether you know because the whole i think the night king exists because 
it's a bit of a trope, a bit of a drama trope of like, oh, if you, it's like it's, it's like a game, computer game thing where if you kill the boss, then all of the other ones die too. Yeah, because yeah, because otherwise there was no real easy way of, of the writers of the TV show for, for, for ending this threat. You know, there was no, no. way because the number, because of the sheer scale of, um, of the undead of the white walkers, you know, there would have been yeah. no way that the, that they could have fought it out. There had to be like a, a pass. There had to be a free pass somewhere. And that was, there has to be a, yeah, like a safety, yeah. a, 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 sw- a safety cut, out, you know, you cut this wire, then everything's. Yeah, exactly. That. That's what it is. So um, be interesting to see how they deal but, with that in the books. I think this is the first episode that we see Valyrian Steel kill a White Walker. Yeah. We've seen Dragonglass. Yeah. I think John is like quite shocked that the guy It's a great was like a big a big a big sewing needle. That's his sort of sword, isn't it? It's just like a big a big yeah, knitting yeah. needle. Did you see it? Yeah, yeah, I've quite... I've held that. The big um the White Walker's kind of spear. They um Yeah, it's like a spear sword. Made out of thing. like clear it's made out of clear resin it's wobbly. It's really good. It's, it's great. But yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But there's um, Kit Harrington actually acted his little socks off in, in this episode. Does really he does really good. Really good eye acting in, in this. There was the Yeah there was, Yeah. Where he's standing on the boat at the end, just looking absolutely fucked. And he's just like, just he looks terrified. He's just like the, the shock of, of what he sees. But yeah, there's a great almost Indiana Jones moment, isn't there, where he's fighting the the, the, the White Walker, and there's that clang of metal on metal, where it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. not destroyed my sword. And, then, and the, even the White Walker was like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. The White Walker's like, this has never happened before. Yeah. And just a lot of like rolling around, like even when he gets punted in the chest by the guy, he really, really, you really feel yeah, it. Yeah, you know, yeah. he can't get yeah. back up. And, yeah. The swords out of reach, but yeah, again, like it's you just have to go. Okay, I guess Valyrian steel kills them. I mean, because they don't really. There's not enough swords out there. No one's going to like. Oh well, I'm the expert on this, and this is how it works. It just you just go. Okay, I guess when would when would the last time have been that they'd have realised that? I and mean, it would have been House of the Dragon kind of era, wouldn't it? Well, no, actually, they wouldn't have known because they didn't they didn't really know about the White Walkers then. Exactly. Valyrian steel is kind of, I think it's forged. The, the sword is forged with dragon fire. It's like, it contains all the magic that is in dragon fire. Yes. And it's fused into a sword. And that's kind of the same as dragon glass. It's just dragon glass yeah. is a bit more. It's not, it's not as formed in nature rather than formed by men. Yeah. It's not a stretch to assume that the two are kind yeah. of interlinked, is it? Yeah. But then, but then, when we see <laughs> Daenerys brings the dragons to take on the White Walkers, and she breathes fire on them, and they're like, "No, I'm fine. I'm still fine." Yeah. And you're like, "Oh, okay. Okay, that's not allowed." If, I don't understand. <laughs> but can they just? Because you know, can, just, see, can the dragons breathe on some sand and make it into glass first? Yeah. And... Can we just let's all set up a little tool station yeah. just outside Winterfell, yeah. and we'll set this up? But this is the thing: is I think that like all throughout the show, you're kind of going. So Daenerys has dragons, they've got fire, she's going to go north, and that's going to be how it wins. Yeah. And so you get ready, and then the show goes, uh-uh-uh, actually that doesn't work. And you're like, okay, this is quite frustrating yeah. to try and follow along. Yeah. Um, I love I love organisation, I love a rule yeah, no, as a general, yeah, that's, why I I like, that's why I like cleaning the flat so much. Yeah. And so when you get like a sense of like, here's the system, yeah. and then the show sort of goes, no, I think it 
that is when the latter parts of the show did get quite frustrating. Because and, you you're know, like, there's no reason this shouldn't work. And you know, and there's a reason. You know, the Night King, as we learn later on, is really fucking handy with the spear. He could have just killed John. Oh, yeah. You know, if he can throw that 200 foot in the air yeah. to kill a dragon, I reckon he could have probably yeah. taken John out. I did. I did wonder a couple of times. I mean, obviously, the the, the short answer is because if John gets killed, the whole thing is a lot less interesting. Yeah. But he sort of punched him at one point, and I was like, okay. Yeah. It's not Tekken. Like, what? You don't have to, like, save your good moves until the end. Yeah. You know, you can you can just... But anyway, but I think, uh, I think Hard Home is a really successful episode yeah. because you leave feeling worse than when you started. You're yeah. like, oh, this is really bad. Well, it was, it was the first time that we'd really been shown the scale and the scale and threat of the, of the, of the Night King and the White Walkers. It was, you know, yes, and, absolutely. and, and also obviously it was the first time that a principal cast member, Samuel aside, had seen yeah. them and had gone right holy shit this is the problem this is you know and it, yeah. it changes john's whole changes john completely because from now on yeah. in he's all like fuck all this this is nothing compared to what yeah. i've seen you know and it takes him a long time to persuade them that but um yeah my favorite bit actually one of my highlights of this episode is when he tells the wildlings he's like so we know for a fact that dragon glass does kill them yeah. and one of the guys goes did you see this happen and he goes no a, f- a friend told me it happened but i believe him yeah. and they're like what the fuck yeah. <laughs> we've got no clue yeah. um but yeah it does put everything that vows of the night's watch the fighting over the throne yeah. the power the grain reserves in high garden it yeah. all puts it into like perspective yeah, yeah, like why the really fuck does. are we fighting about it um and, and the religious zealots and all that yeah, it's like just doesn't matter on. there's an apocalypse on the way um question is the night king's pose the the, the big way he raises his arms is that the most iconic uh scene in game of thrones i think it's the most memed definitely yeah what, of the like come at me bro like yeah, yeah, yeah. what would you want a piece what, like what would your what would if you were having to present to the class as well what would you what would you bring to the table as your most iconic scene in in the whole of the season like like what was your what if you had if you if you were at meme school and <laughs> and you saw that the guy oh that's a good question and you saw that the guy coming after you had the night king already there like the come at me bro meme ready to go and he was like, oh my god doesn't know this <laughs> i know i actually know the i have a good answer for this i was doing this as a bit for quite a while in 2019 but there's a really good scene of varus yeah. i think it's in the final season sort of gagging and sort of like ch- like almost looking like spitting something out and anytime there was some like bullshit about like new rumors about david cameron fucking a pig i'd be doing <laughs> varus going like <laughs> I did that for quite a long time a and I'd even be like if if someone I worked for had like not paid an invoice for a month I'd be like me when HR says they need a new PO order I'm like <laughs> that's a good one. That's a that good would be mine okay. what would be yours I don't know I, I asked you this question without having uh, even thought about it myself I, I think I like I do like the um, it's not it's not like a, an iconic one but the the one that's now been paired with Chris Hemsworth from Thor uh Daenerys doing where she's with Cersei where she's like is it though yeah all that kind of she's like narrow her eyes are yeah. so narrow she's like hmm, really really yeah <laughs> the one I hate is Ra- um, Ramsay wiggling the sausage yeah that's done quite often yeah. and I'm like I hated that like 
we get it you castrated someone yeah yeah it was, like yeah. Uh, grow yeah. up <laughs> grow up for goodness sake uh there we go um, um and we ended on silence as well which is always a signifi- signifier of, uh, of, of a game of thrones moment that was it is that was hard home ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening that was i, I enjoyed that that felt like a a good one to kind of like come back at and really cover good a lot of ground there next week we're going concurrently straight after this it's uh, episode nine which is called oh my god the dance of dragons the dance of dragons okay fab oh yes oh, i like this one perfect this is so we get to see daenerys i think it'll be a really good one because there's quite a lot of people in it where i do think like this episode i loved it but we didn't get much time to anyone mm. Um, That's true. So I'm looking forward to just checking in with everybody yeah. a bit. Um, also, our friend Marin Trant is in this next episode. Oh, love a bit of Marin. Love a bit of Marin. And I love that storyline because I do think the Arya thing, like, you know, the, the, the faceless women stuff is really confusing. And it's like she actually sees someone that she can cross off the list. And it's like, yep. that's something that she's so, like, passionate about yeah, yeah, yeah. that I... I doesn't she sort of pretend? Because isn't he into like children? She's yeah, like, he pretends. pretends she pretends to be like a young boy, doesn't she? He's into young men, isn't he? I think. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember when Ian was on the podcast and he like wouldn't talk about it? Yeah, he didn't like. He didn't, we were talking. He didn't like one of his. He was like, top no, I don't want to talk about this, nonce. please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough. But it was so good. Great episode. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to doing three in a row. I mean, that's never happened before. Well, did we do? We did three um, in a row last season, didn't we? Oh no, we did, did two we? in a row. We did. It was the first. No, we did two. The first we did two last, last season, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Two, nine, and ten. I think last season. Okay. Well, it's been a pleasure. Never a chore. Uh, we'll be back uh, later on in the week with the OA. I promise. Sorry about that. And uh, until then, uh, get in touch. Let us know what you thought. Uh, as as ever, uh, leave us a comment on the YouTube or at Dragoncast underscore pod on Twitter. Uh, we do read everything. Or you can email uh, Dragoncast at daftdoris.com and we, uh, we will get back to you. Uh, thank you so much, Chris. Uh, see you next time. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Dracaris. Dracaris. If you'd like to get involved in the podcast, just head over to Twitter at DragonCast underscore pod or email DragonCast at DaftDoris.com and leave us your Easter eggs, predictions and thoughts on the show. You can also watch this episode over on our YouTube channel. Just search for DragonCast Jamie East. Any support, whether it's a follow, a share, a mention to your friend on the bus or a tattoo on your backside is very much appreciated. DragonCast is hosted by me, Jamie East, along with Chris Mandel and is a Daft Doris production. Drakkar.